Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, May 10th. Thank you guys for tuning in. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers around the world. Thank you um, for all that you do. We greatly appreciate you and your love and your support. Thank you guys for tuning in uh, tonight and each and every Sunday night. We thank you guys again for your continued support as well. If you have a comment or a question for tonight's show, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. We have a great show um, planned for tonight, a great topic that we want to discuss, but we'll jump into that right after this. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At FriendsBeauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com. 
FriendsBeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right, we are back again. Excuse me. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Again, that call-in number is 914-803-4399. Now I'm going to bring my sister Denise on the line so that she can greet you guys as well. Good evening, everyone, and once again, welcome to uh, tonight's show. We're happy to have you all around. We just want to give a special shout-out to our listeners around the world here in the U.S. and Canada and Australia. Um, gosh, we've got so many, so many listeners from so many different places. But um, just thank you guys for tuning in each and every week, whether you tune in live or whether you tune in um, with the archive shows on the replays. We just continue to say thank you, thank you, thank you guys uh, for the support. And uh, we're pretty excited about um, getting into tonight's topic. Absolutely. Um, And just wanted to say really quickly, um, I have discovered that PBA, the Professional Beauty um, Association, does have a COVID-19 information and resources uh, page. And um, I think it would be beneficial if, a lot of people would go out um, and check that information out. Um, Also, if you are not a member, you have the opportunity to get a free PBA membership. So you're going to want to go out to their website, which is probeauty.org, and uh, take advantage of this free membership, okay? So it's a $50 value because memberships are $50, um, but they're offering it to all licensed professionals and non-licensed salon employees. So if you're a professional, um, if you're a hairstylist that doesn't have a license, this is not for you. But, again, all licensed professionals and non-licensed salon employees are eligible to get a free membership from PBA. Okay, so it's going to be uh, – I think beneficial to all licensed uh, beauty professionals to be a member of PBA. Again, that's probeauty.org is the website. Um, Also, they have a PBA COVID-19 relief fund, and you can go to that website to check out what that's all about. And, uh, you know, if they're, if they're, if they have money for uh, beauty professionals, uh, see if you qualify for, um, for that as well. And again, um, <clears throat> this is one of the best resources out there, I think, for beauty professionals. Um, a lot, one thing I noticed is that a lot of beauty professionals don't get involved in um, what's happening in our industry. And I don't know if it's, if it's 
you know, if you're if you're a professional that doesn't work in a salon, maybe you don't pay attention to it. I'm not sure. Or the fact that you are not licensed, and so therefore you don't get involved, or you don't even hear about certain things. I don't really know where the disconnect is, but <clears throat> PBA is definitely a resource when it comes to um, you know uh, member uh, education advocacy, um, charities that, you know, that affect the beauty industry, they are definitely that one resource and that one organization that you would, you would definitely benefit from by being a member. So I say go out there. Um, for those who are beauty professionals who need help, they're there to help you, uh, especially during this time. So make sure you check them out. Um, they also have a... And I didn't really get into it, but they also have a kind of like a back-to-work type plan um, and information for those beauty professionals out there who who are trying to figure out what they're going to do uh, when it comes to getting back to work. So make sure you check that out. And um, speaking of back-to-work, we had I had a young lady – reach out to me and my sister as well. She reached out to both of us and um, she's actually one of our mentees, freelance makeup artist. And she just reached out to talk about uh, some things that she wanted to put in place when she decides to go back to work. So I just want to share a little bit of, her message to to us, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit of her message to us, and then we can just get into it a little bit, and that kind of introduces um, our topic for tonight. All right, let me skip past the hellos and all of that. So she says, <clears throat> I wanted to share with you my new process and wanted to know your thoughts or if I'm missing anything or didn't include anything. Okay, so she says, I am a freelancer. I wanted to make sure I can bounce my ideas off of more than one person and didn't miss anything. She says, I probably won't be taking any clients till maybe June or July. And she's here in Atlanta. So even though the governor has kind of okayed this whole state to kind of go back to business as usual, there are so many people still taking precautions and they're like, no, we're not doing anything before June. And some people said, I'm not doing anything before July. And some are like, hey, we, we, I still want to wait a few months. So she's saying maybe June or July. I will be updating all of my clients and my website with my changes for future notice and appointments. Here are the changes I'm implementing. I have already been stocking up on my PPE for me and my clients that either don't have a mask or don't think it's not serious to wear one. Mask will be required or the appointment will be canceled. I've been stocking up on Lysol spray, gloves, hand sanitizer, alcohol, paper towels, and disinfectant wipes. In order for me to provide services, all clients will need to wear masks from start of appointment entry 
till their eye makeup is completed. Only after then, only after then, when I begin their face makeup, will they be able to remove it. I will be wearing a mask the entire appointment and disposable gloves. I will ask the client before we begin if it's okay to wash my hands with my antibacterial soap. I've provided, oh, I think what she meant is she will ask the client before they begin if it's okay for them to wash their hands with her antibacterial soap that she's providing, or would they be more comfortable with me using hand sanitizer? A mini fan will be provided as well as water for any client experiencing being hot from breathing in the mask. Good point. I will have a non-touch, no-contact thermometer to take the client's temperature and to take my own to show the client my temperature as well. I will also Lysol the air before I begin for both of our safety and for their safety when they remove their mask to continue their face makeup. The surfaces where I place my bag slash equipment will be wiped with the disinfectant wipes and or Lysol. The makeup kit that I use will for now be a skeleton kit or makeup that I have specifically, um, I have specifically selected for each appointment prior to, and every makeup look will be pre-approved before with clients because we'll not be bringing any unneeded items. After the appointment is completed, I will dispose of all trash, then begin to disinfect, to disinfect all brushes, makeup, and ring lights, kits, etc., with alcohol spray, Lysol wipes, and or Lysol spray. After each item is placed in its respective carrying case, the case itself will be Lysol. Gloves will be disposed um, of at appointment and will put on and will put on hand sanitizer afterwards. All equipment or makeup um, make sets. Okay, all of equipment and makeup kits will go into trunk and no longer inside a vehicle. All items are then deep cleaned with antibacterial soap, alcohol, and more disinfectant spray and left for three to five days in my safe designated area or until next appointment. Emails will be sent of new practices slash procedures to all clients that book through my site. So she made a lot of great points. Um, and, you know, I don't know how any of you listeners feel about some of the things that she said, because I'm pretty sure some, some people, um, are going to think some people may not say anything to her about the things that she's putting in process, but when they, when she sends them, a list of her procedures, some may be like, oh, this is a bit too much, but they, but they may not say anything because on the other hand, they know, well, this is better, it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, I don't know how other makeup artists feel about the things that she's putting in place. I personally, I'm like, if this makes you the most comfortable, do this. Um, I don't see anything 
wrong with with um, you know with what she's planning to do, and it's really not up for that. Is really not up for discussion whether it's right or wrong or good or bad or right. anything like that. Um, it's just you know, I like what she's putting in place. I like I like that she's thinking about you know, like you said, maybe June, maybe July. But I like that she's thinking about it, and she's thinking about mm-hmm. what needs to be put in place. Very similar to our conversation last week where we spoke right. to um, Israel Wright of the Exclusive Experience and uh, Sandy Lomax of the uh, of Beauty Fetish. Um, and then just to think, now, Israel is already back to work. Sandy has not gone back to work, just putting things in place. Um, I know that they both are going to have clients sign waivers. Um, but I, I hear what she's saying. You know, she made a really great point when she talked about providing many fans because of clients being hot from breathing in the mask. That is so important. And, you know, I never thought, you know, um, never thought about that um, in that way. You know, it, it really is hot breathing in those masks. Um, mm-hmm. And some people, after a few minutes, start to get uncomfortable in those masks. Mm-hmm. So a mini fan is is a great idea. Um, um, uh, you know, I feel like when she said something about asking the clients if it's okay to wash her hands with her antibacterial soap, or would they prefer that she use hand sanitizer? That right there, yeah. I personally. This is just my opinion. I personally don't feel like that's a decision that the client should be making. I feel like right. you yourself wash your hands and what you feel comfortable with. Now, as a client, um, some clients may, you know, because I don't know, sometimes some people don't think hand sanitizer is enough. Why, I don't know, but I'm just saying. Now, if there's a client that says, well, can you just wash? Can you wash your hands in more than just the sanitizer? You know what I mean. I can. I could possibly yeah. see a client doing that, maybe or maybe not. But I myself will wash my hands with what I feel comfortable washing my hands with. Um, right. Because here's the thing: and she said she's just going to wear gloves anyway. Yeah. I mean, technically, washing your hands is better than using hand sanitizer. Just, I mean, good old fashioned soap and water for 20 seconds is, is better than just um, just using a hand sanitizer. Um, right. I, I do love the fact, like you said, I love the fact that she has a plan in place, even if she doesn't know mm-hmm. if she's going back in June or July or whatever the case may be. I love that she has a, a plan, and I think that's what we all need to do is have a plan um, in place. One thing she said was about spraying the um, – the area down before she starts a client, and then when the client takes off the mask, spraying the area down again. Mm-hmm. I think she should, she should be very careful with um, with doing all that spraying because um, mm-hmm. sometimes, especially if if you start cleansing with a bunch of stuff, and you know people have bleach yeah. cleaners and all this stuff, and then you're spraying with with uh, Lysol and all that kind of thing, it can be, you know, the fumes can be a little, a bit much. So I say, like, wherever you're doing your makeup, if you're at, at like, a salon suite or a studio or what have you or at the person's house or wherever it is, 
spray the spray the area. Sorry. I say, you know, spray the area before you start, but before your client gets there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Not, you know, because all the spraying while they're there is a bit too much. So spray before your client gets there. And then, um, and then you know, when it's time for you to, to take off, I mean, take off the client's mask and for them to, you know, to get their makeup done, you know, my thing is, you know, do what you can with the mask still on. If you can go ahead and start the brows, if you can put on, you know, mascara, if you can do the eyes and all that, go ahead and do that before you have to take the mask off. And so then when you take the mask off, it should it should just be a matter of, you know, doing the client's um, base and, and, you know, blush and whatever else, powder, whatever else you want to do. Um, you can do that, but at, during that time also, you know, if you could simply just ask the client not to speak. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Do the makeup, and as long as that mask is not on, just ask them not to speak. And then, and then, you know, or if you, or if you, or if you're protected, then you know, and if you're okay with them speaking, fine. But if you are protected, then then you know it's okay. One thing I do want to say, though, because it's something that she, of course she didn't mention this, but it's something that I think is going to be important, especially if you are um, a freelance makeup artist and you just take individual clients, even if you work on film and TV, whatever you're doing, if you work in a salon, if you're a hairstylist, barber, nail tech, or whatever, I think you need to take advantage of some of these um, classes out here on sanitation and infection control because um, that's what's going to be important. That's what's going to show your client that you are aware of what to do um, in these mm-hmm. types of situations. You are aware of how to sanitize your um, your areas, how to sanitize and disinfect your implements. Um, that's going to be important, and it's going to be important to see for your clients to see that you actually have a setup for that, for such a thing. Uh, you know, if you're a hairstylist, mm-hmm. that you should have, you know, your barbicide jar, you know, ready and waiting for your implements um, to go into them. So they should be able to see little things. They should be able to see that you're using disposables, um, you know, especially as a right. makeup artist. They should be able to see that, you know, the, the mascara that you're using, um, definitely you're using disposable mascara wand, um, you know, Everything should be disposable to a point. You know what I'm saying? Anything that comes in contact with, you know, like your your mouth, you know, maybe using disposable lip brushes, your eyes, disposable mascara wands, disposable uh, eyeliner brushes, um, you know, sponges that you can just get rid of. Um, and that's another thing we should probably talk about at some point. It's like with the beauty blenders, um, you know, how are yeah. how are we – you know, when you're using beauty blenders, it should it be a one-time thing. Like for us on film and TV, um, the way we normally do it is each each actress gets a brand new beauty blender. Um, every time that actress works, that beauty blender gets cleaned that day. You know, like after after the actress leaves, the beauty blender gets cleaned. You know, um, can you do something like that? See now, now you're talking about you you can clean it sanitize it with alcohol, but now you're putting stuff like alcohol on these sponges, you know, is that going to ruin the sponge? 
You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, is it even worth it? So I think now it's like maybe use a little less beauty blender and other sponges, unless you're planning to throw them away after each use. Um, Those beauty blenders would be considered a one-time use thing if you're really practicing sanitation. So it's back to the wedge sponges. You know, it's back to the wedge sponges and using brushes. Things that you know the wedge sponge you throw away after each use, and you know the, the, the makeup brush, you know, you, you cleanse and sanitize it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, you disinfect it from there. Right. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, um, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, because there are a lot of, and if you're not ready to talk about this, you can just let me know, but there are quite a few um, uh, classes out there that are being offered on this topic of sanitation and, and disinfection and things like that. And I, just um, for that young lady who, who sent the uh, email about her plans, I'm wondering if, she, if she's had any of those, if she's taken any of those, because that's going to be important if you are a freelance, you know, especially if you're freelance and you're not working in a salon where they naturally practice these uh, sanitation methods. You know what I'm saying? So if you're, if you're a freelance, right. I think you definitely, there's um, a free Barberside certification class out there. You can go to barberside.com. Uh, Milady is offering a free training, and the training is, is called um, Infection Control, and it normally retails at 19.95 on their website, but you can take it for free. It's a two-hour class. You can take it for free until June 30th um, of this year. So even if you, if you, you know, if you don't make it past June 30th, 1995 is not that much of an investment to get certified in infection control. And this is something, again, you made a point earlier when you were talking about uh, PBA, and you said this class is not for, I mean, or this membership was not for um, hairstylists that weren't licensed. And I'm going to say something about being licensed. If you are a licensed professional in the beauty industry, whether you're a hairstylist, an esthetician, nail tech, barber, if you are licensed, in cosmetology, in one of those areas, then you've had education on sanitation. And more than likely, when you have to to get um, to renew your license, there's some continuing education in that process. And in that pro- continuing education process, sanitation is always, always, always going to be one of the things that you have to study and, and stay up on to renew your license. So as a licensed nail tech, a licensed esthetician, a licensed barber, and a licensed hairstylist, you will always get an education on sanitation. So for if, so for people who haven't had that type of training in, in a year or so, I think they should definitely go out and take some of these classes and get, and get um, certified and also to display their certification as well. Um, in their salons or their places of work. And then if you've never had this type of thing before, especially if you're not licensed in anything, you definitely need to get this type of education. You're doing yourself a disservice 
if you don't, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not licensed in something in the beauty industry. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> absolutely. And, and just to piggyback on the point that you just made, um, like you said, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not licensed in something. So, for instance, if, you know, for instance, I'll use eyelash extensions. They don't have a license for eyelash extensions. But to take any eyelash extension course that's an accredited course, you have to be licensed in something in the beauty industry. You know, you can mm-hmm. be a licensed hairstylist, a licensed esthetician, a licensed nail tech, but you can be, you have to be licensed. And the key to that license, for all of those licenses. For a real accredited course. You know, for like a right. real accredited course. Yeah. I'm not saying, of course, that your eyelash extension uh, tech put together to teach a group of people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an accredited course. So basically any licensed professional, I don't care how many questions were on the test. I don't care how many topics were covered on the exam, but I promise you over 75% of that test was sanitation. I promise you, sanitation hands yes. down. Because yes. you can learn, you can learn, you know, uh, you can learn blow drying techniques and get better at that in your own time. You can learn how to build an extension using acrylic on your own time. You can learn how to do a, a better facial on your own time. But what you have to learn up front before you even get that license or that certification is sanitation. So I promise you, over 75% of those exams were sanitation. So that's why I say, as a beauty professional, you need to be licensed in something. Anyway. Yes. And if you're not licensed, and, and, and I'm speaking now mainly for the makeup artist, if you're not licensed because, you know, when I first started off as a makeup artist in the state of Maryland, there was a license for makeup artists. But a lot of the few states that were doing it back then have since cut it out and now have gone to certification. But I tell you one thing, it would be so smart right now if they would go back to requiring a license. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Because these certifications, these certification courses, you know, some of them are just people who say, here, I'm teaching a class, and I'm going to give you a certificate that I can print off of the Internet, you know. And so my, my thing is that license is so important because of the, the knowledge and the education that you get that surrounding sanitation. It is so important. So, so important. And, you know, um, you miss that if you're a makeup artist who did not, you know, study skincare and, you know, and get an aesthetics license. Um, if you just, you know, were self-taught or what have you. And no disrespect to anybody who who's self-taught or who just said, I want to be a makeup artist, and they just started taking classes. No disrespect to anybody when it comes to that. I'm just simply saying 
I'm using makeup artists as the perfect example because that's one of the professions in the beauty industry where you can get away with not having a license. And so because of that, you miss out on the basic sanitation principles that's learned by those beauty professionals who are licensed. And, you know, you miss out in those classes on sanitation. And so, like my sister just mentioned, like my sister mentioned, um, there are several classes out there now that you can take to become certified in, sanita- in you know, sanitation. Barberside has the two classes, one regular Barberside class and then the Barberside COVID-19 class. Um, you know, uh, Milady, she mentioned. There's so many free, uh, some of them are offering them for free yeah. right now because Oh, were you, Some of them are. I'm sorry, I was trying not to. Interrupt. Go ahead. I was trying not to. I was trying not to interrupt you. That's why I didn't say anything. Um, but one thing I will say, but also Makeup Academy is also offering a course. It's not free. Um, it's. Um, I was going to say it's like ninety nine dollars, but they offer a very thorough and excellent class on sanitation. It's excellent. I. I mean, I don't know what the ladies. Uh, class is going to be like, but I'm, I am going to take that one. But uh, it's the the one with Makeup Academy was, was excellent. And um, so there are several classes out there, and basically, I suggest not just the people who are not licensed, but I suggest also licensed professionals to also take those classes because, one, it will be a great refresher and reminder. Um, And then I promise you there will be some things in those classes that you're going to be like, oh, I haven't been doing this. Yes. Oh, I forgot about this. You know, so you will begin to see and be reminded of some things. Um, and I do want to share some stuff tonight that, uh, you know, I do want to share some things that I kind of picked up from uh, one of one of the classes that I took. Um, And it was basically talking about the reasons um, why we should practice sanitation. And number one is it's the law, and the law is expensive. And what they mean by that is that section control rules and laws vary from state to state, and it's important to know. And it's important, you know, to know what your state says about sanitation. So if you if you're not familiar with how to find that out, you go to your state board's website, okay? And that's how you will ensure that you know the most recent rules on sanitation. The average cost of a citation in the beauty industry is $100, okay? So you need to correspond with your state board to clarify any rules that are unclear 
or you're not familiar with or that are not in, that are not, you know, consistent. Because from what I understand, once a citation has been written, it's too late. So reason number one, it's the law. And then reason number two is the threat level is growing. So, you know, there's real risk now, which includes bacteria and viruses that, that spread very quickly, as we all know, can be disabling or, or deadly within hours. So... And you already know about new pathogens and germs, such as new cases of the flu, being identified every day, and they move around the globe quickly. So we know about that. And so the threat level is growing, and that's the second reason why uh, sanitation is so important. And the rule number three is you have to protect your business. Yeah. And like and like I'm saying. Just because this particular bug or virus doesn't kill anyone, that doesn't mean it won't kill your business. And, you know, people put right. reviews out there on and social media, good or bad, you know, about your business in seconds. Somebody can be scrolling through, um, looking for a new hair salon. They find a salon. Let me go on Yelp and see what people are saying about this salon. And you're done. Just that fast. Just that fast. Another thing is you have high-risk clients. So if you have, and see, this is the thing about clients. People are going to come into your salon or your place of business, and they're going to come to get, you know, their hair done or what have you. A lot of times people will... Uh, on your very first, on their very first visit, will you will give out um, like a questionnaire, so to speak, or a form where they have to answer all of these questions? Um, but I often wonder when people fill that stuff out at the salons. You, you know, you may look over for the first time and follow the way. Do you, because you see so many people throughout each and every day, do you actually remember? certain things about that new client. And once people check off different things on that list, they're not sitting in your chair talking to you about some of their risk factors. You know what I'm saying? Right. They may not tell you about, continue, they may put it off, check it off on their list, but they may not say anything else about it. So, you know, there are people with high risk factors, some of them you don't even know. So that's why sanitation is so important. Um, and then some, some key terms that um, they talked about, and sometimes we kind of use them interchangeably, but we have to really kind of know the difference. Um, and it's important to understand, to know, um, to know, um, what it means to clean, to clean or sanitize, to disinfect, and to sterilize. 
So the one thing about sterilization, that's the third one. Um, sterilization is rarely required or necessary in the professional beauty industry. So sterilization is you will not, pretty much you won't hear that too often. It's not something that's required. You can do it, but it's not required, okay? But to clean, the cleaning and sanitizing, which is considered the same thing, of course, is required. And that's the first step in infection control is to just clean, sanitize. The very first step in infection control. And it's the removal of visible or surface debris from an object or surface. So at that point, there are no germs destroyed. They're just simply removed, okay? So at that point, when you clean or sanitize, there's no germs destroyed. Just removed. Wiped up, you know? Wiped away. And so one of the... Um, examples of cleaning or sanitizing is washing with warm, soapy water. So if you have an object that needed to, needs to be cleaned, you wash it with warm, soapy water. And then, and see, I think, well, let me finish, but I think this is where people lose out. But let me say this. Or you can use a chemical cleaner for instance, if you have, like with hair, if you want to remove hair residue, you can use a, a chemical cleaner. But cleaning and sanitizing prepares an item or surface for disinfection. Okay, so that's just the first step. I feel like, and I believe, and I'll just speak about makeup artists, um, I feel like we, a lot of makeup artists clean and don't follow it up with a step two, which is disinfection. Well, and I, when I, I say mean, that, though, I'm talking about surfaces at this point. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know what I'm talking definitely. about surfaces. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, as far, as far as makeup brushes go, I mean, you know, People, we will clean like with, um, you know, you can clean it. You can clean your brushes with like, some people clean their brushes with, you know, or sanitize their brush with like alcohol, and then that's it. Um, as opposed to just using a brush cleaner. Um, you know, but I do know like the class suggests like, using alcohol on them to clean them. And then because the alcohol is drying pretty quickly, then you can reuse those brushes um, on other people. And then at the end of the day, disinfect them with a chemical brush cleaner. Well, my thing is, which I think should happen, is I think, you know, this is going back to work is going to require an investment because I believe that, you know, Janice and I, we always, we always talk about how many brushes we have. Like, 
you know, the brushes that we have that we actually use, and then the piles and piles and piles of brushes that we have that we don't use. We just, you know, we just hoard them. We buy them and we just keep them because we love brushes. Well, I've never on set had to alcohol my brush so that I could use it on somebody else. I don't do that. I always have enough brushes so that I can, I mean, literally, if I wanted to do, if, you know, if I needed to do five women in a row, I have enough brushes with me on set to do that. And that's like a full range, you know, powder, blush, eyeliner, lip brush, blush brush, um, you know, uh, crease brush, you know, I mean, like four or five different eyeshadow brushes. Like I could literally use, you know, 23 brushes on one woman, but then I have 23 more to use on somebody else and then 23 more to use on someone else and then 23 more to use on someone else. So we have to, we have to go overboard, excuse me, on our brushes. And, and so that, you know, a lot of times because we'll like, especially on film and TV, we'll take with certain actresses' brushes when we finish using them on her, and we'll put them in her bag to touch her up later. Well, so I can't use those brushes on somebody else at that point. I need to keep it moving, and I need to have enough brushes to use for somebody else. But one thing we're going to have to start doing also is, if, you know, maybe taking the time to sanitize and clean those brushes before we go to set, just meaning if take a little alcohol and, you know, get the makeup out of them and, um and just you know use a clean a clean version of the brush that you just used on her you know you know clean that so that you can use it on her again but it's it's just you know it's it's clean and sanitized for the moment i think you know certain things that we do are definitely going to have to change um and i think for the better and it just may mean that you you know you take a little extra time to get these done but i think these are some things that productions and producers are going to have to start taking a look at and allowing. Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to make another point about disinfection is just that, um, you know, as I was saying that some people miss out on the step, they'll clean, but they won't disinfect. And I just, again, I just mean on the surface level, you know, the table that you worked on, the station that you worked at, that type of thing. Um, like my sister just talked about, you know, like your brushes and your tools, you can go back and disinfect and that kind of thing. But um, pretty much when, disinfe- when disinfection is done properly, it is effective against most pathogens of risk in the salon, spa, or barbershop. So one of the points that I wanted to make, though, is disinfection is for non-porous implements and surfaces only. So when you have those uh, <coughs> when you have those porous items, those items are single-use items, and they must be discarded right away. So if you're in a nail salon and you have um, they're using a, a nail file, a brand new nail file on you. They should be using a brand new nail file on you. A buffer, brand new. When they're using a brand new nail file, 
and buffer on you. When your service is over, honestly, they should be handing you the nail file and the buffer to take along with you because those things are porous items and they should be thrown away. They are are single-use items. They should not be taken and uh, or left at your station. So when you, next person sits down, you just pick it up and use. I've seen it so many times at nail salons. Oh, all the time. I, I, I don't care if they say they 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 sanitized it or sterilized. You're not supposed to do that with a porous item. If it's a one use item, you use it and you get rid of it. So. Please pay attention to that. And I, I feel like, at least I'm hoping, that now that this has all happened, not only beauty professionals, but I'm hoping that the clientele starts paying attention to things. Right. You know, because when you sit in a nail shop, there's no reason why they take a buffer that's already sitting on the table. You can look at it until it's been used. Especially if it's black, you can really see it that it's been used. You know, don't allow them to use that stuff in you. And see what it to me what it would take is somebody from the state board to come in and sit down and get their nails done and really see the things that happen in some of these nail shops. So just remember that. Um, just remember that. You know those single use items are not supposed to be disinfected, okay? They're just one-time use and get rid of them. And just also remember that proper disinfection requires um, correct mixing and concentration of of a solution, for instance, like a barbicide. Um, It's contact time. It's a certain amount of time that that solution has to sit on the surface for it to be considered properly disinfected. And then also there's appropriate changing of solutions. So remember, if you work in a salon and you have a disinfectant solution that you put together, for instance, and we'll use Barbicide as an example, you are not to put your implements in there, have them disinfected, and then leave that solution sitting in, in the jar and then the next day, come in, and when you finish using your implements, put the implements in that same solution. That solution has to be changed every single day. So just remember, um, and these are things, everything that I'm saying, if you decide to take that uh, barbicide certification, or the Barbicide uh, COVID-19 certification, um, or the Milady course, some of the same things that I'm saying to you tonight, you will find out um, in those courses. Because like I said, if you, had, if you are a licensed professional, you've heard all of this information before. If you are not a licensed professional, I say go out there, and take all of these certification courses. I don't care if they're repetitive, but everyone that's being offered, I would 
tape so that I would have something to show my clientele. Hey, barbicide certification. I have a barbicide COVID-19 certification. I have a, uh, you know, whatever. Whoever's offering, I would take it, especially if it's free. If it's $20 or less, take it. Because going going forward, I promise you, clients and employers are going to be looking to see, especially when it comes to beauty professionals, they're going to be looking to see what you know about sanitation. I promise you. Yeah. Even those of us, who, even those of us who are licensed, still need to be taking some of these uh, certification courses because, prime example, on a film and television set, most of the producers who do the hiring, they don't know how or what's required of us to get into a union. They don't know what's required of us. When my sister and I got into the union, you had to be a licensed makeup professional. So if you were a makeup artist, you had to have a makeup license or aesthetics license to get into the union. Hairstylists had to have um, a cosmetology license. Barbers had to have a cosmetology license. So producers don't, some of them may know, but a lot of them don't because that's not really for them to know. They just know that you are a a qualified makeup artist or a qualified hairstylist. That's all they care about is if you're qualified, meaning your experience, what your resume says you've done. That's all they're they're concerned about. Right. So... Going forward, I feel like and I believe that they're going to be concerned about what do you now? What's your sanitation practices? Uh, um, How's this going to go down? And so here's the thing: where we will be able to tell them what we do and show them what we already do, but now because of this particular uh, virus. We're gonna have we're gonna add more steps, not necessarily steps that we haven't been doing. It's the same stuff that we've been doing or should have been doing. But now it's it's more so of you know what, I can't wait. I can't leave my stuff sitting here, run, do the makeup, run to set, and leave my stuff sitting here all day. No, I now have to take the time to clean this stuff up. And then leave to go to set. So, you know, that, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other situation. But I'm saying, basically, if you're licensed, you should be doing some of these same things that, that these certifications are teaching. You should already be doing. No double dipping. Using disposables. Scraping eyeshadow onto a palette or uh, one of the palette papers. You know, not putting your brush in the actual shadow that's in the compact. Cleaning the product. Cleaning the packaging that the product is in. Wiping things down. Not putting your makeup down on a surface or a table without cleaning the table first. You know, it's that kind of thing. So right. that's like one of the first things, first things we learned in nail school. Uh, 
was pretty much basically the sanitation and cleaning your tables down and all that kind of thing. So it, I'm just saying all that to say is that we have to step up our game even more, and we have to show that we mean business when it comes to sanitation. All right, so that's something that we wanted to share and put out there to you guys. Um, that's the end of our show. But we hope that you take heed and listen, go out there, look for the Barberside Certification Course, the Barberside COVID-19 Certification Course, the Milady Certification Course. Get as many certification courses in about sanitation that you can as much as possible, okay? We thank you guys for tuning in. Why don't you tell them really quickly how they can follow us on social media? You can follow us on Facebook. We're Beauty Talk Online Radio. Then on Twitter, we're Beauty underscore Talk. And on Instagram, we're Beauty underscore Talk underscore Media. And then you can follow Janice and I both on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by our names, at Denise Tunnell, that's D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And you can follow Janice at Janice Tunnell, that's J-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. Nice. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, Again, beauty professionals, start thinking about how you're going to move forward. All right? Yes. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.